I just remembered you're a DJ. Yes. I just wanted to say that when I masturbate, I consider myself a DJ. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast. My name is David Shockley. And I'm Morgan Miller. And this is the podcast that interviews people that aren't famous, but should be. And our special guest today is Chris Haug, record collector and DJ. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So, Chris, the reason we wanted to have you on the show today is because we've noticed that vinyls have taken the fuck off. Yeah. I'm sure you've noticed this. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any idea why this like resurgence of, of vinyls and vinyl collecting is, has come into being as like a way to listen to music in the digital era? Yeah, I guess it was with Record Store Day maybe however long ago that was, 11, 12 years now. I think that kind of jump-started it again. And um, I don't know. I think people started realizing that vinyl does sound better, you know, not, not necessarily than CDs. I won't get into that argument. I'm not an audiophile by any <laughs> means, but uh, yeah, it just sounds better than MP3s and like, I don't know, just that tangible thing, something to hold, something to have. Yeah, it just, it's a part of the fun. I hear a lot when I'm looking at vinyl over CDs or over other ways to listen to music. I hear presence comes up a lot. What does sure. that mean? Yeah, I'd say, you know, it's not as compressed as a CD. Um, definitely not nearly as compressed as an MP3. So, you know, if you have a decent player, uh, some decent equipment, like a lot of people use the term warmer, you know, um, even without like a tube amplifier, just like a you know, s- solid state. And it just has like a warmer presence, a warmer sound. Um, it's a little bit bigger. Me personally, I'm not a huge audiophile. I got into vinyl collecting back in the early to mid 90s uh, when the CD boom was kind of taken off and everybody was getting rid of their records. So for me, it's just been a hobby. It's like just been the fun of finding something that's harder to find, you know, because not as many were made, you know, uh, when CDs came on, uh, they might do a vinyl run of only a thousand or something. So it was fun to try to get those back in the 90s and then going back and finding stuff from the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, the 50s. Back when vinyls were like the shit, that was the main way to yeah, listen to music. Yeah, for sure. But then into the 2000s, you know, like, it was still a hobby for me, even though the boom hadn't really happened yet. Yeah, so I've been collecting for a bit. And um, yeah, for, for me, again, it's just uh, the thrill of the hunt, you know, finding something old. And uh, I do listen to reissues and get reissues if it's something that's just out of reach. But I generally stick with like original pressings and try to find, uh, yeah the old originals if you can find the originals you'd rather do that but yeah for sure but again it's not a sound quality thing necessarily for me it's uh the thrill of the hunt you know part of the fun but original pressings for a lot of labels tend to sound better than uh some of the bootlegs run authorized stuff that happened like in the the 90s or or whatever what is this now like there was there was non-official pressings sure so well Never heard of this. Yeah, so let's say like uh, some things were released uh, in the 60s or or the 70s, and then, you know, years later, they're hard to find. Maybe they were small run, maybe they were private press things, and then everybody kind of wants these, but maybe only 500 were made or 1,000 were made. Bootlegs started popping up, you know, unauthorized versions. Maybe they just, uh, they got a, a shitty uh, recording of it, maybe from a crackly record that, you know, was kind of scratched up, and then they use that, and they start making pressings of that, so... I, I suppose that's what I mean when I say going back to the originals and you know not finding bootleg copies and stuff like that. But when you say like vinyl stealing and like vinyl bootlegs, I know we were talking it's like a '90s thing, but yeah. I just imagine like a villain with a top hat <laughs> and like that evil mug, <laughs> like, right. like rubbing his his uh, lips together over like a phonograph, 
going, yeah, yeah, haha, I doubt it. You'll never get me, Dundee. Absolutely, yeah. Um, no, that was the guy. But um, that was him. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was all. It was a lot fault. easier back then, right? And I guess um, you know, copyright stuff and whatever. You could just uh, get something and send it off to a pressing plant and have it made. And you know, there's a lot of like live shows, and I guess uh, a way around it is um, you know they wouldn't give the track listings or anything like that to the pressing plant and unless the pressing plant decided to listen to it or spin it, then they wouldn't know that it was a live Pink Floyd show or whatever, King Crimson. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And they get them back and yeah, make some money off them. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think we can drink to that. How, how are you with hard liquor? This is our theme of the show is we normally start every show with a shot. How are you with liquor? Yeah, I like, uh, like whiskeys, bourbons. Do you remember the, the first time you had bourbon? First time I had bourbon. Mm, maybe 18 or 19, probably. Do you remember that day at all? Yeah, for sure. Most people normally, it's I a didn't get sick memory. from it though. Yeah, no, I, I didn't get sick. Like I think I was uh, responsible that that first time. <laughs> you were responsible, eighteen year old. Yeah, a little bit uh, later. No, I, maybe that's why I stay away from the clear liquors these days. Is that what it was? I have bad memories of yeah, just overdoing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's whatever you overdid it on. That's the one you stay away from. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> it's usually your first love, the first liquor you, that you like really get into. That's the one I, I would say personally for me. Uh, it was uh, Irish car bombs specifically, okay. yeah. and I used to love them. And then you just have too many one night, yeah. which for anybody listening is more than one. <laughs> I went to four. Oof. And ever since then, I can't drink Guinness and I can't drink um, whatever the, the whiskey that's in there. Yeah, the Jameson whiskey. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, the Jameson. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. So uh, that's the one I stay away from. Got it. Uh, just for the listeners at home, uh, David's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed. I'll uh, cheers to that. So, uh, Morgan, what are we drinking today? Oh, we are drinking Knob Creek. Nice. Yes, Kentucky straight whiskey bourbon. Because there's good. not a difference, it sounds like. It smells good. Just like your mom's pussy lips. Oh! A little bit. Nah, that's an old memory. <laughs> and Morgan, what are we washing that down with? Oh, this is the Hemperer. An HPA, which is a hemp pale ale. Ooh. It gets that dank smell that you're getting from the bottle it smells like weed it smells like weed it's brewed with hemp seeds who the fuck thought to do that colorado right you're right collins uh fort collins colorado yeah boom there it is cheers to record store day (laughs) oh man that's tasty burns more than a car bomb so why dusty fingers i like digging in the crates getting down and dirty so not just uh record stores but flea markets thrift stores Basements, attics, garages. What's the most unsuspecting place that you found like really good records? I guess you kind of expect to find good stuff at the flea market every now and again, but I've had some really good finds out in the dirt, you know, from people just selling all kinds of shit, but they had a crate of records and you go through your first, oof, you know, find a thousand dollar piece or whatever, you know, like crazy what? stuff. Yeah. Thousand? You found a thousand dollar piece at like a. Mm, 700, 800, yeah, dollar wow. pieces. I have friends that have, yeah, found over that so and do you just collect them or do you sell them as well both yeah yeah uh so i do trade shows i set up at like punk rock flea markets sometimes uh, oh i know the punk rock flea market they uh they do them in newark a lot yes uh there's one coming up i think we're doing february 17th at the newark bike project awesome that should be cool um i'll be set up at that yeah all kinds of good stuff i think people are um they'll have zines you know like uh clothing um other memorabilia as well but uh, lots of records hella local stuff yeah for sure that's um, awesome. So that should be cool. Uh, but yeah, so I set up, uh, I sell sometimes. Uh, but yeah, a lot of collecting. Like, I just like to find stuff for myself. 
And do you find that, like, if you find, like, an eight or $700 piece at a, a yard sale, how long does it take to get that to sell? I suppose it depends what it is. Um, you know, if it's a desirable piece that a lot of people want, I tend not to sell online. I like to do stuff locally, uh, so it would maybe take a little bit longer. You know, a lot of times I do trades, too, so... I'll say most of the time, my wheelhouse of stuff I find is in the $50 to $100 range. You know, a lot of $20, $30 stuff. But um, yeah, so the $50 to $100 stuff, uh, I could usually move it pretty quickly. So I thought it would be fun to make our own DJ names, David. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did. I thought of one for myself. What, what, what would be your DJ name, Morgan, if you were going to hit the scene? MC Wire. <laughs> Why MC Wire? Uh, because MC is a type of wire. <laughs> <laughs> You're an electrician. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a play on words, if you will. But unch. But unch. But David, what would yours be? Uh, mine would be DJ Cold Hands. <laughs> Why DJ Cold Hands? Because all these kids spitting fire, someone's got to put them out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Do you go by like a DJ name? Usually just my name, Chris Haug. If you could pick anyone, like if you could do it all again. So that's tough for me. I should have had a cool DJ name, but I couldn't think of one. DJ Justy Fingers taken. is a good one, I think. It's I right. had, yeah. when I read that, I thought that was the DJ name. When I spin it 1984 sometimes on the flyer, they'll put a DJ Boss Hog. Uh, <laughs> they didn't really ask my permission. <laughs> that's not how you pronounce I it. I know, and we went through went through this, but uh, that's how uh, the owner pronounced it. So it kind of <laughs> stuck. stuck, yeah, when I spin there. So what kind of events do you spin at? Uh, bars. Uh, I started doing weddings about five or six years ago. I prefer doing uh, bars, you know, 1984, Oddity Bar locally. I've done Sweet Sixteens, <laughs> uh, which are interesting. Um, Go on. With that particular? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the last one I did, I think, was in May. You know, the playlist, um, not really my wheelhouse of stuff what 16-year-olds are listening to, per se, and not much vinyl, you know, so it's a lot of Spotify or whatever. Okay, uh, so... Yeah, so I'll do that as well. That was going to be my next question, is if you don't have that particular record... Not strictly vinyl, yeah, when I do those sorts of things. Now, if I go to Oddity Bar 1984, I will only bring vinyl, because, you know, it's kind of on me, just to play whatever I want. Now, I imagine that if you are doing an all-vinyl set, is the equipment that you have to bring, like, is that a lot more to do, just because it is all-vinyl, or is it kind of the same? So, 84 is cool. All I have to bring are my two turntables and a mixer, you know, and some headphones. Uh, he plugs everything into their, their sound system. When I do Oddity Bar, uh, he has turntables and a mixer, so I have to bring in my records and uh, some some headphones. When I do weddings, I have my own setup, you know, PA system and all that, and I've done some outdoor events. Um, yeah, you know, it's a little trickier, I guess, setting all that up. So you're not stingy about about what turntable set that you use. I've heard that this is the thing. In what sense? Where some DJs will only use certain turntables because they. No, I'm not too particular. Superior. Yeah, no. I've done certain things where uh, clubs have asked to bring your own needles, which makes sense, you know, because they don't want their needles or styluses getting all banged up all the time by uh -huh. guest DJs. So I've yeah. had to bring, you know, those before, which was fine. But um, no, I'm not too particular. They don't like to share their needles. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's programs for that. Exchanges. Have you ever got the opportunity to do the awkward record scratch to stop the music when somebody does something weird? <laughs> I haven't. Uh... Used to work at a record store where I would occasionally do that. If like, uh, you know, end of the night, you know, it's 6.30 or 8 o'clock, whatever the time is, and you want people to get out. It's either that or you play a record slow down, you know, at the wrong speed. Oh, like, yeah. that's torture. I know. Sometimes I've actually brought that into the set. Phil Collins in the air tonight, slow down. That's a good jam. <laughs> yeah. And I discovered it, you know, I think by, uh, you know, 
doing it at a record store. I'm just saying, at one of these sweet 16s, there's a bunch of awkward kids running around. Yeah. You just find, you just lock it on one right when he like spills some punch or like gets it on the, <laughs> the, the, the birthday girl's like dress or something. You just, yeah. And then just go, that's me. You're probably wondering how I got in this situation. Well, that person walks into the room with like the purple leisure suit. And it's like, what? It's 2019. What are you doing? You can make, you can make an 80s movie out of this. It's yeah. at your hands. Yeah. I imagine you don't do the record scratch thing. I don't, yeah. So I don't really have hip hop roots. Um, I do appreciate it and love that scene, but I came more from like a punk, hardcore kind of uh, roots. Uh, that's how I got into record collecting, I guess, back in the early to mid 90s. Is it true that finding punk records is more difficult than finding other records, especially originals, because there was so little printed? Sure, yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, classic rock's more common, more popular. So, you know, finding Boston records and Kansas records are definitely, you know, any popular mainstream artist, there's a lot more of those than whatever such punk artists. But then, you know, things like the Ramones or Talking Heads or that whole scene, those were repressed a lot of times. And, you know, those are easier to find. Uh, that kind of puts the value on a record of supply and demand, you know, if mm-hmm. you want an original copy of such and such, you know, punk or hardcore record from the late 70s, early 80s, you know, Misfits, yeah. Bad Brains, you know, that sort of stuff, you know, yeah, it's harder to find. Yeah. What would you say is your most played record? Most played record? Probably like some John Coltrane stuff uh, at home, you know, I like to listen to him a lot. I'm trying to think of some classics that I've had for a long time, though, that's probably gotten a lot of play. Black Sabbath, Masters of Reality was my first record. I bought, I found it at a thrift store. What was it? What was your first record? Black Sabbath, Masters of Reality. Do you still have it? Oh yeah, still oh, have that old awesome. scratchy copy, and I've gotten better copies since then. But um, I think it was like 1993. I was in eighth grade, and uh, some friends and I were digging at a thrift store, and um, records were plentiful back then. But um, yeah, found a Black Sabbath record for a buck. You know, took it home and loved it, and you know, kind of got me into the game of going and trying to find old records. Is there a album that's out there that you've like been searching for? Like, what's the Moby Dick album that you've been looking yeah. for? Yeah, hmm. I guess I have a handful on my list uh, of things. That... A handful of dicks you've been looking for. Yeah, they've been on my list for a while. Um, been on my list too. Yeah, just gotta go to the right, right streets. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't really think of like the Holy Grail album. You know, I've never seen a Beatles butcher cover. Uh, it'd be fun to find that, you know, out in the wild. That was, you know, guys know that story. What is that? So the Beatles, you know, um, had this uh, this record where on the cover it's them holding like uh, decapitated uh, bloody baby dolls or whatever. And, you know, goes out into the stores, gets pulled right away, bring them back, you know, uh, paste over those copies with a new cover uh, yesterday and today. So, you know, that, that first run is hard to find, so Beatles collectors really want it. And there's ways of telling of that first press, you know, the ones that they pasted, uh, you know, the new cover over, and there's ways of getting that off, you know, even though it's 50 years old or whatever at this point, and you know, it can be tricky with old glue, you know, so that you don't tear the original cover. But, um, oh, yes. um, yeah, I've never owned one of those or seen one of those. You know, they might go for seven, $800, you know, if, um, yeah, found clean. But um, I'm not a huge beatles collector fan so yeah that's not a white whale there's kind of enough there's enough beatles collectors out there that i i don't think that you need to i don't need to be one of them right yeah absolutely yeah so i don't know a lot of times i try to find like weird um funky fuzzy stuff from around the world like uh some of the african countries or brazil uh which is tough to find in delaware of course so that brings on like the trading you know i might be able to find some stuff you know other people are looking for and trade them for some of these things from around the world so that's part of the fun. How many records would you say that you own? I fluctuate, you know, because I sell a lot too, but in the basement right now of stuff that I have, 
on my shelves and stuff I have for sale probably over 10,000. Oh over 10,000? That's now Jay Leno owns over like 280 vehicles Ooh. and I I wonder like how does he pick what he's going to go to work in? Like so when right. kind of same thing like when you're sure. like I want to put on a record. How the fuck yeah. do you decide between 10,000 records? Just pull it out, yeah, blindly. Eeny, so meeny, miny, mo. Yeah, absolutely. Catch a tiger by the toe. <laughs> you you pick whichever one your mama told you so. If he well, hollers, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to keep them in some sort of order that I understand, right, that others might not. But um, I have alphabetized. to. Alphabetized? Alphabetized, but within genres most of the time. But um, just easy for me to find. So, you know, doing the DJ thing, too. If I want to go to play a gig and I need to get a bunch of stuff together, you know, with 10,000, I have to know how to find that album, that album, that album. So, yeah, on the shelves, they're all pretty much categorized. and I can find stuff pretty quickly. How much space does 10,000 records take up? A lot. Are you yeah, married? A whole bit. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> exactly. I can tell because you have 10,000 records <laughs> And they in creep in other rooms, too. Yeah, uh, you know, the living room, the bedroom, the kitchen. Yeah, they all have records in them. So I have a legitimate question. Okay. I bought a record. I bought it while I was in Canada, and on the ride home, the album warped. How do I flatten my record? It's tough. Is it a gnarly warp? So like when you play yes. it, like it's not playable. It's, I was going it to say it's not around. playable. <laughs> yeah. There's crazy machines, you know, that you probably don't want to get into say, or spend on. I don't on. own one of those, unfortunately. Yeah. People say like, um, I haven't tried it, but two planes, uh, panes of glass like in the sun, you know, on a warm, sunny Ooh. day. I wouldn't mess with an oven. You know, most ovens, like the say, lowest I is like 175, you know, Fahrenheit. Um, I think that's kind of risky. Um, you know, I haven't messed around much with that because I don't have any like super rare albums that aren't replaceable that I need to necessarily fix. But putting a, an album in an oven just sounds horrifying. Like anything I put into an oven, I just assume I'm never going to see it again. Yeah. You want to make a bowl out of it at that point, right? Yeah. Or oh, an ashtray. Cool. Yeah. They do make some pretty cool ashtray ones. They do. Does that, like, make you cringe a little bit when you see, like, stuff made out of vinyl? I do, yeah. I've seen some Instagram accounts where people, like, I don't know, they tear them up and they make art out of it. It's like, oh, oh there's a David Bowie record. That's a good record. You know, that's a $20 record. And hopefully it was thrashed or scratched up, you know, when they got it. And mm -hmm. We have some people that hit me up or whatever and uh, buy records in bulk for cheap, like, dollar records just so they can make clocks and uh, bowls oh, and stuff out of them. Cheap so, stuff. Yeah, for sure. But there's these cool people locally that make these clocks that are pretty cool. Oh, I did have a question about vinyls themselves. Yeah. Since we haven't talked about vinyls at all. <laughs> was, I've seen a debate online of where the black vinyls play better than colored vinyls. Do you think yeah. there's truth to that? Yeah, I mean, I've read that before. Um, I don't know necessarily why. Um, I don't know if it's a thinner thing. Do you think it's just a material? Just the Could materials be, that it's made out of? Yeah, some of the bouncier. stuff that's in there. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Um Another or definitely thing. picture discs. I think that that's a lesser quality vinyl. They look cool, but uh, have you guys ever seen those picture discs where the artwork is actually on the record? Oh, okay. So it's like, it's still a circle, but like it's actually pressed yeah, in. Yeah, like you can get like Michael Jackson's Thriller, but it's him right on the actual record. And you say they, those don't play Yeah, well. they don't, well, they, I think they deteriorate quicker over time, you know, like uh, they start sounding shittier, you know, with no. more plays. The only one that I've ever seen that wasn't black, I think was a Macedon, and it was like aquamarine. Uh, okay. It looked really cool. They do look cool, yeah. I pick them up still, too, you know. The whole thing with, like, the record store day, a lot of them will have, like, limited edition colored vinyl or marbled vinyl, and yeah, they definitely look cool. Um, there's a there's an album I've been trying to get that was a record store day exclusive, 
and I don't care if, if, if you judge me for my musical tastes here, but it was a Green Day album mm-hmm. called Demolicious. Hmm. <laughs> and it was only sold on record store day. Okay. And I'm sure you could still find it, but that's been like my Moby Dick that I've been uh, looking for. Okay. I like the early Green Day stuff. I, I kind of lost them right after Dookie. Everybody did. Yeah. I, I Now, see, I jumped on. I was a little, I'm a little younger. Mm-hmm. So I jumped on at American Idiot when they took over the world. Yeah. And then I went back and I listened to Dookie and Kerplunk and, and, the, and the rest of their albums. And I was like, oh, my God, this is good, too. But yeah. for different reasons. But immediately after American Idiot, it has been a downhill ride ever since. <laughs> Which record store day was this? How long ago? Ooh, I want to say at least two or three years ago. Okay. I want to keep say. an eye out. Yeah. If I see one turn up, I'll email you or whatever. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, Sweet. absolutely. Because I'm a huge Green Day fan and I'd love to. Yeah. Do I have Green Day up? Yeah, I do. I have shenanigans up there right nice. now. I actually DJ'd at the, uh, what was that? It was like the play for American Idiot in Wilmington. It's some sort of theater which i can't remember now but we spun outside and uh how unpunk rock is this they actually told us to turn down they said we were too loud what yeah i was playing like cool shit wire and the damned and like old 77 punk and they're like yeah i didn't play little john but i should have damn that's fucked up yeah and that's what annoys me is like being a green day fan like that was my intro into punk rock and i learned about no effects and yeah and uh and like the descendants from there sure and it's like oh this was not a great intro i got these roots in this in this commercial shit. <laughs> so, you were talking about Demolicious, but it made me think of a song that I hear, but it also makes me cringe because it's not like an excellent song, but it makes me laugh. It's called Rebelicious <laughs> by uh, Jamie Johnson. Ooh. And it uh, is exactly what it sounds like. Rebellious. Yeah. I don't know that one. If, Morgan, if you could have a record, any record to display... What would it be? Um, like, are you talking about, like, album art? Or, like, just a record I'd like to have? Yeah, re- a, a, a vinyl that you would like to own. Maybe it mean, has some type of sentimental value to you, or it just is a cool album cover. Something like that. Something you think you'd like to display. A, a, a think piece or a conversation starter. I really like... My favorite album that I think I've ever listened to is uh, George Strait's twang that would be the one that's my favorite one so i can't yes. picture that album right now can you describe it uh he's like just drunkenly sitting in like a in like a uh, pickup truck and mm. uh he has his little cowboy hat on you like know the white hat and he just looks like he's had the best day ever even though it has one of the saddest songs of all time on it but every other song besides that song on that album is upbeat, like, boot-tapping music. Yeah. What about you? Do you have, like, an album that you love to display? Or is mm. that, like, a rotating thing? I do rotate, yeah, from time to time. I'm trying to think of something that's been up for a while on the shelves. Some of my horror movie soundtracks, I think, look really cool. Like, the Dunwich Horror. I love that artwork. Uh, some of the Goblin, you know, the old Italian horror movie soundtrack oh. stuff, I think looks really cool. So I kind of keep those on the front of the shelves a lot. But it does rotate. Um if I discover something I haven't listened to in a few years and uh, I want to listen to it again, you know, keep it in rotation, I kind of put it up front on the shelf. Kind of related to that, but do you think that going from vinyl to CDs and now digital stuff where it's you just download songs, do you think that that, how do you think that's affected album art? Mm, yeah, good question. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always enjoyed just having that big artwork in front of me with the liner notes and going through and reading it all. And like I said, growing up like in the, the punk, you know, 
hardcore era, like just the thanks list that we used to see. And, mm-hmm. like, and they'd thank all their friends and all their bands. And then you'd go and, like, oh, who's that band or who's that guy? And, you know, you try to find that. Um, I know I've always appreciated that, you know, as opposed to MP3s or whatever, something you download on a whatever blog or whatever. And you just get like a little square. And um, I know you don't appreciate it as more or I don't appreciate it as much is having the physical thing there. I and mean, I think that's a part of it for me, too, It's just having the artwork. Because it's in yeah. your face. Yeah, it's in your face. It's right there. It's and a it, piece of art, right? You know? It is. It's, yeah. it's the size of a piece of art. Yeah. Unlike a CD where it's kind of just meant to grab you off the shelves. Yeah, with it's convenient, right, yeah. And I don't, um, you know, poo-poo on CDs or whatever. I, I don't collect them, but I do have them. And uh, they're nice to have in the car or whatever. You know, have a bunch in a multi-player CD player that, uh, you know, I have in the living room. That mm-hmm. sort of thing. But yeah, just that big giant artwork's always been fun. And, you know, it's like a piece of art. Because it gives you an idea of, of more of the full piece of work that went into this. Absolutely. It's like, yeah. oh, you had to hire this artist who sure. had to visualize and, and take all these directions. And I think it makes it a more complete piece of work. Yeah, like how it was meant to, to be seen and uh, appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I meant to ask, with the with the resurgence of, of vinyl as, as a means of listening, do you think that's been a good thing for you as a collector? Or kind of, I want to get your take on it. Do you think it's just a bunch of hipster stuff? I just kind of want to pick your brain about, like, do you think this is a good thing or not? Absolutely. No, I do enjoy that more people are getting into it. Uh, you know, younger generation or whether it be, like, you know, baby boomers, boomers that are, like, getting back into it and, like, trying to get old records that they uh, used to have. That's definitely good, like, for me on the selling point because, you know, it's easy for me to, you know, when I go to these flea markets and thrift stores to stockpile on, you know, some Led Zeppelins and Kansas and Billy Joel records and then, you know, be able to share them again, you know, with people that are... Uh, getting back into it or uh yeah appreciating it for the first time so yeah i don't know if the bubble's gonna burst you know anytime soon and um uh i'm not gonna stop you know if it does you know i've been collecting for so long and it's been fun for me but yeah, have uh, you seen it ha- have prices gone up since oh, absolutely uh-huh. yeah you know so i think the heyday was in the late 90s early 2000s where everybody was getting rid of their record collections and you know you could go to the thrift stores and it was easier so that's been a little bit harder. Um, I still have to get up pretty early on a Saturday morning to get to the flea markets to get there first to get stuff for good prices. But um, yeah, you know, that's part of the fun. You know, I, I get stuff for cheap and then, you know, I can sell it for market value or trade it for market value for other things that I'm interested in. Mm. Yeah. Kind of like antique collectors or whoever else, you know, that, that does that sort of thing. So getting there early is still a big oh, part yeah, of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite like song? I don't. There's nothing I really... I was going to say, I always ask that question. Nobody ever has like an act, like has an answer. It's like, no, I just like so much stuff. Yeah, it changes a lot. There's definitely different moods that like go to late at night for me and like winding down, calming down. It's like um, good albums like Miles Davis, Kind of Blue. Yeah, yeah, that's a go-to for me. I listen to that a lot. Now, you said that you're not an audiophile. I'm not. You don't care too much about like what is coming. And people that don't know, audiophile is somebody who fucks music. <laughs> is it like you don't care what it's really coming out of what the speakers are producing you're just kind of how it is is how it is sure so I, I guess i use decent equipment but um i don't know yeah i, I definitely notice a difference between like a, a little crosley turntable or a suitcase turntable you know you can get for 50 to 80 bucks as a starter thing um versus a nicer you know whatever uh Marantz, you know receiver and uh I don't know. Yeah, a really nice uh, $400, $500 turntable that was built in the 70s. There's definitely a difference, but, uh, you know, the gear I have, I think, is generally in the three to $400, you know, setup. Uh, that's what I have uh, upstairs and then downstairs. Um, 
yeah, maybe like a $500 system or whatever. But, you know, it can get into the tens of thousands, you know, crazy stuff like oh, that. Or yeah. people that, you know, go for certain pressings that were, you know, original masters and sound better. But um, for me, yeah, the vinyl collecting hobby is more of, um, you know, starting when I did and um, just never getting out of that. And then the thrill of the hunt, finding something that's rare or only 500 copies were made or something like that. I, I, I appreciate that side of it more so than the you know, the sound of 180 grams versus like maybe a, a scratchier record from the 60s that, you know, wasn't completely taken care of or might have been partied on. Yeah. <laughs> that was well used, that well was enjoyed used, well and loved. loved. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like a like a, a good commuter car yeah. that's gone through like generations of a family. So it's I'd like... rather find that well-loved, maybe a little bit scratchy 60s pressing that, you know, only... 500 copies were made rather than, you know, a later pressing that somebody reissued that's easy to find for 20 bucks, you know, these days. I'm glad so. you say that because uh, I have a, a I have a record upstairs that was my mother's yeah. of The Wall by yeah. Pink Floyd. And I guess she got it in high school and like all of her high school she friends. She drew like, on it? Yeah, they yeah, all drew on I it. I see that a lot. It's fun. Is this a thing for that album? Sure. Uh, or uh, the Beatles White Album. I see that all the time. The White uh, Album is just white, white cover. You know, People drawing all over it. My boyfriend collects records and uh he has the white album up there and uh it took me until literally probably three weeks ago to realize that's actually an album yeah because there's just like he has them like hung up on the wall like a couple of them it's like maybe like 30 of them and it's like all like the classic ones like thriller all of the ones that you like the mainstream ones. Yeah. And then there's just like this blank spot and I just thought there wasn't one there. <laughs> <laughs> Blends in with the wall. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite one he has up there is uh, a Jimi Hendrix one and it uh, it's just all naked women. Yeah, the electric lady line with yeah. the new cover. Yeah. We just have this, I pointed to it and I was like, that looks a lot like Michelle Obama. <laughs> oh yeah, you think, oh I could see that. One yeah. of the women on there, I was sure. like, I can picture I'm right pretty now. sure a little bit. that woman might be Michelle Obama. And that's this is a conspiracy. Between me and Joe. Yeah, 1968 or so, right? That's uh, the right timeline. Was that right timeline? Yeah, she might have been like 20, 21. But yeah, drawn on covers are fun. I, I do collect those. There's actually a collector that I follow on uh, Instagram that um, we buy white albums. And it's that's the whole entire account, you know, six, seven hundred posts of just white albums that he's found. Different drawn on covers, you know. Yeah, he'll go around the world or around the nation at least to collect and find you know covers wow that's yeah. all, just the white album. just the white album though yeah we buy white albums i think it's the uh the handle or whatever on instagram <laughs> that's so cool but it's fun right yeah and all the drawn like there's so many drawn on ones like everybody drew on that one you know but yeah and, and like this the wall album that i that i now have mm -hmm. is like the most important album that i have because it tells this story it has this history to it sure and it looks like it was so loved and, and played that's part of the fun too right you know mm -hmm. who had this you know copy or whatever and sometimes you'll see like i've seen jazz records that had like you know miles davis's name written on the back you know maybe it was in miles's collection who knows whoa yeah so fun stuff like that there's also a fun instagram account called uh, things i found in records you know so drawings artwork um I submitted some stuff to him before, but, uh, you know, like, uh, I found a Rick James record for a dollar, you know, like in the dollar bins at a record store and had uh, a bunch of photographs, Polaroid photographs, um, some big hoop earrings, a uh, little white baggie of substance, you know, presumably Coke, maybe heroin. Did you snort it? Did not, okay. but. Then we'll never know. It is missing from the record now. So somebody who I've told the story to that has been at my house listening to records might have taken it. I don't know. Whoa. So, so that is now missing dun, dun. from this. But at least I got the proof on that uh, that website when I 
snap the photo. But That's that was fucking fun. Nuts. Oh, there was IDs too, licenses. Yeah. What? Yeah, and so they're all piled inside this record. And it's funny, it was thick as hell, and somebody who was pricing records, the gun, missed that one. Priced at a dollar. Whoa, because they just think, ah, it's just a record, maybe it's like some special maybe, thing that's maybe, in there. Yeah, maybe it's still worth a dollar, but to me, like, I don't know. That's awesome. Oh. Well, this is a record or somebody's purse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I hide things in records, too. If you feel like going through 10,000 records and, <laughs> you know, finding money. some documents, some money, whatever. Yeah. That's I... awesome. You hide stuff in uh-huh. there. Oh, I love artwork. It. Yeah. My son's artwork. Yeah. Oh, that's so Aww. cute. Yeah. When I buy books, I like to buy used books because the same thing happens. I find things inside of these books. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing is I bought this Stephen King book and it was a... Uh, insomnia it was a newspaper clipping of it was a review of the book and it was all yellowed and aged and i just thought that was so cool that i found that inside of the book i found like post-it notes like people have written on the inside of these books i just find it fun to find like the little tidbits that people leave behind absolutely yeah me too i love that records so how long have you been collecting records? You said the early 90s? Yeah, I was 90. in eighth grade. So, yeah, uh, 94. Yeah. So I have a few questions of advice that I want to ask you for somebody getting into record collecting. Yeah. Although, do you really get into record collecting or does it just happen? You just wake up one day and you have 20 records. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, somebody wants to get into it or they get their first record or it's gifted to them or they get a turntable, you know, maybe for a holiday or a birthday. And uh, yeah, they just get into it. Because that's yeah. how I feel like, like I have like 20 records upstairs mm-hmm. before I ever had a record player. Yeah. And then when I got a record player, I was like, fuck, I guess I collect these now. I hear that a lot too. Like people that will pick up records, like maybe on record store day, or it's a band they really like, you know, in the Green Day or whatever the case may be, Pearl Jam. And they have a special limited release, but you know, they don't have a turntable, but they enjoy just collecting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This happens. It's not like you actively say like, I'm going to correct, rec- collect no, records now. I don't think so. Yeah. So... Um, first I want to ask you, I know you said you're not audiophile, which is good. That's why I want to ask you this question. If you're going to listen to records, what do you recommend just to start out to, to use to listening to them? Sure. So Audio Technica is a company that makes some good, you know, inexpensive, you know, generally 80 to $120 turntables that are decent. Fucking um, love Audio Technica. Yeah. I, My I, headphones are Audio Okay. Technica. Nice. Yeah. They make good stuff. I usually don't recommend Crosley to people. Um, and a dogfish head like, uh, Endorsed Crosley a few years ago for Record Store Day, but I don't know. Yeah, they make beer. What the fuck do they know about audio? Yeah, I mean, Sam's a, you know, record collector too, so I don't know why they endorsed it, but... um, So... Getting on that hipster (laughs) train, that's what it was. Look, so I just want to circle back to Dogfish. We went to the liquor store today, me and David, and I picked up a case of beer. This was crazy. Okay, it wasn't a case. It was like a little four-pack. I go out to the register... boutique pack. Yeah. Uh, Fuck. (laughs) I just saw it. It said it was brewed with uh, brown sugar and raisins. And that sounds delicious to me because I fucking love raisins. Like grandma's cookies. Right? I'm just saying. I love me some oatmeal raisin cookies. And so I take it up to the counter and I go to buy it. And the man has like a thick accent. So I think he says, so the whole thing will be $13.99. And I look up at the price thing. And it says thirty nine ninety nine for a four pack. What for the a fuck? four pack. Gosh, that's some crazy shit. I, I was speechless for just one moment. I was like, I will not be buying this. No. And he's like, you can buy one for eleven ninety nine. That's <laughs> oh. what I was trying to tell yeah. you. That one is eleven. Beth. But all of them 
are $39.99. Definitely a boutique, yeah. How the fuck you sleep at night? Yeah. How do you sleep at night, Sam? <laughs> Called Leone, however so, you say your last name. Was that the raisin one, or is that like that worldwide stout one that's like super expensive and limited and they spend all these years on? I fucking don't it's even crazy know though, what right? it was called. Yeah, I mean, I don't it had like an shit. obscure name. There was yeah. a comma in the name, first of all. That's how you know. If there was a tilde in the name, maybe oh. an ampersand. So I've had that raisin one, and I feel Is like it it, delicious? it's been a while. Yeah, it's really good. It's I not wanted to get it, but I'm not paying $11.99 for one fucking bottle. Not grandma's cookies good, but which are cheap and free, right? But right. I don't know. It's been a few years since I've gotten that one, but I don't remember being eleven ninety nine. I think the greatest part about that story is as Morgan was like, I'm not buying that. And we walked out of the store. And as we're walking to the car, there's a guy who was in the liquor store with us, with his kid, his like eight-year-old kid. Little person. Yeah. Little person. Little human. Mm-hmm. We're walking out and he's in the parking lot as well. And he goes, what was that beer about? How, what was the percentage of that beer? It's like, whoa, buddy, you have an eight-year-old and you're still trying to party? Relax. <laughs> also, he bought Coors Light. No, it was a... Michelob Ultra? No, no, no. Nah, he doesn't the, golf, the, the one with the lime. Uh... Budweiser. Uh, no? b- uh, Bud Light Lime. Corona. There it is. <laughs> you put a lime in it. Uh, I soon... It was so much Corona. I was like, you're not going back in there to buy that fancy beer, asshole, with your fucking tips done. (laughs) (laughs) Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. Oh, God. He had curly hair, but the tips were all blonde. I I have to ask you this because you you have a small person. I do. Have you ever brought them into a liquor store? Sure. That's okay. And I'm not judging. I just want to know more. Okay. Because... Me as a person, obviously, I do not have kids. Morgan does not have kids. Yeah. Generally, we see liquor stores as places for adults, and yeah. maybe we wouldn't want to expose our kids to that life. Hmm. Do but, doesn't everybody end up drinking when they're? No, I mean not, not everybody. I, I mean, suppose. I was brought into liquor stores as a kid. I was I, too. Me so too. that's me probably too. why. That's probably why we're there. Yeah. And uh, I just, when I'm running my errands, you know, like we're doing our thing, we go to the supermarket. You stop at the liquor store too, because it's right there. I'm a single dad, so, like, how else do I get to the liquor store? That That's a good point. Yeah. I, I just wasn't sure if, like, oh, well, I'll just put you in the car for a second. Or, yeah, yeah, it's probably better to bring them in. They really frown at that now. They yeah, really they frown, frown at that, that now. They break windows hot, now. If it's cold, they break windows. Yeah, you, you just bring them in for you just bring them in. three minutes. You get what you want. I remember one time I went into a liquor store with my dad. I was probably 10. Yep. And I remember walking in, and the counter guy was like, are you 18? <laughs> and I <did> almost... <laughs> And I went, yes, <laughs> just instinctively. Ring me up. And, and he went, he can't, and he looked at my dad and he goes, he can't be in there. I was like, I thought you could, I thought, I thought, I'm not buying anything, dude. I'm with my dad, bro. Yeah. I just say hands at your sides. He puts his hands to his side so he doesn't touch anything. Oh, that's, that's probably. Adorable. Yeah. Because a child can cost a lot in a liquor oh, store. Oh, sure. Yeah. I just. Johnny Walker. Yeah. So yesterday, me and David end up going to the same bar unplanned. It was a surprise. Nice. But it was beautiful. It and uh, it was a great time. So I'm here with my girlfriends and I look at the table behind us. Keep in mind, this bar doesn't serve food. And there's just a baby. I mean, okay. It was probably like a seven-year-old kid. It was a 10-year-old, <laughs> I'd say max. But I'm just, I can't, I couldn't get over it. I was like, why is your kid? They don't serve food. I, they don't serve food. It's not like we were at like a bar that also is a restaurant. We were at a Bar. So that's a thing now. So not a bar, but like these brew pubs. Like I'll throw out some names like Belfont Brewery or uh, 
uh, Wilmington Brew Works, like they're kid friendly and dog friendly, right? I don't know. I, I go there sometimes and they have uh, things for the kids so parents can go and hang out and that, that's a have different. a beer or two, you know. I think it's like there the were no kid friendly. No, maybe not a bar. I would I've never brought my kid to a bar. Yeah, but, this uh, was specifically like No food. They nothing. just brew and Do they brew the beer there? Yes. yes. Okay. So that's a thing. Yeah, they're doing that now. Mm-hmm. It's family kid friendly, dog friendly. Not I cat, feel like dog not and kid friendly. friendly is two different things. Is it two different things? When I'm wait, listen, if I'm drunk and there's a dog, I'm having the greatest fucking day ever. <laughs> okay. There has been dogs there. Have you though. seen those dogs that jump up on the tables though and they knock your beer or your glass over? Uh, I, have, I have never seen that. I have. I would be mad immediately. I have not seen a kid do that. I'm just saying. I have never seen a dog do that. <laughs> and if the dog does do that, I'm okay as long as somebody now pays for my beer because sure. you brought something. If a kid does that, if a kid knocks over my you beer. You pay for the beer. Yeah, absolutely. Parent pays for the beer, right? Absolutely. But my thing with this baby is this it's woman. 10-year-old baby. It's a little It's a little kid. It's an old baby. That's what we call it here. <laughs> That's an old baby. Senior babies. Senior baby. <laughs> Alumni baby. <laughs> so... This this woman, they have like no alcohol at the table. I do not know what this woman's doing here, and she's just clutching this baby to her face. Their faces are touching. I am uncomfortable looking at the pair of them. They're just like they look like Holocaust survivors. <laughs> they do. They're like That's holding strange. each other like it's a chemo appointment. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. We have no idea why they're there. But why are they there? Like me. no one knows. Are they with uh, another person? Or I never people? saw that person. Oh, okay. I, there was a father. Oh, David what? claims there's a father, but I never saw the father. Like, I, I don't know. I, I personally, if I'm going to just a bar, I'm not good with children. I don't know how to act around children sure. because I don't have kids. I've done my best to avoid them at all costs. You're going to the bar. You don't want to see kids. I don't want to see kids. Yeah. And so when a kid is there, it's like, oh, now I got to watch my mouth. And you understand now- like if you're at a Buffalo Wild Wings or something like that. If it was a Buffalo yeah, okay. Wild Wings. Right. There's kids there. You're, you're still getting drunk or whatever the case may be, eating wings and if that's I, okay. Yeah. If I'm at a place where a child is acceptable to be, like mm-hmm. again, if there's food, if there's yeah. like, again, if it's a family oriented place yeah. that also just happens to serve beer. See, I think that's a thing now with the new brew pubs. I don't know. I'm noticing it. I think the brew pub owners have kids and they're like, yeah, let's make it dog friendly, kid friendly. Everybody's welcome. Just come. How come they're not cat friendly? We need cat friendly. Yeah, I, I want cat friendly. I want to pet kitty. I used to bike around with my cat on the back. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I got my visit li- friends and bring the cat with. Kitty cat. He was a good cat. I bought my little kitty a little vest and he doesn't like it. So I won't take him places. He, uh, I left him in it for five minutes to see what he'd do. And he squirmed out of it. Just freaked out. I didn't see that vest for like literally six months. Yeah, I found it, it the hit other it. day wedged in between this crevice in my bed. I have a great story about my bed now. So <laughs> when I moved, my father and I were moving the bed closer to the wall and we are weak. So we didn't pick it up. So we're just pushing it and... uh the bottom feet broke off. So now my bed's just at this angle now <laughs> where the bottom touches and I just have this awesome 45 degree slope to my so bed. So you didn't take all the feet off, just the feet that broke or broke. The rest are still there. The bed's heavy. I can't pick it up. Can't We're not strong humans. Ham- hammer it out or something? No. We haven't got Electrician, maybe just like solder it off or something. No, I was gonna say we're not that. Electrician <laughs> solder the legs off. No, do, do you know what electricians do? Uh, sometimes they use soldering solder. guns. No, <laughs> David, do you know what electricians do? Sometimes no, that's they why solder I have you. Sometimes they solder. 
They sometimes solder, but I do commercial work, so I don't solder. Okay. But so these legs are there. These legs 40, are there. I, I just sleep angle. on a slope. Okay. First night, I ended up at the bottom of the bed. Second night, Hence I handled slope. myself. How does the cat feel about this? I mean, oh, he loves it. Slides he down. He no? sits at the top. It's a little okay. slide. He loves it. He loves my bed. He loves yeah. me. Gets get like a silk comforter, and he gets. <laughs> do you have a cat? I do. What's your cat's name? Calcifer. Calcifer. Yeah. What's Calcifer? He's uh, named after the character in Howl's Moving Castle, the fire demon. But um, he's cool. He is a snowshoe cat, if that's what you're asking. So you're telling me it's named after a fire demon, but uh-huh. it's a snowshoe cat. Uh-huh, right? Ironic. Ironic. It's like a big guy's named Tiny. Uh, no, I didn't get him because he's a snowshoe breed or whatever. He was born under a shed, and you know he was given to me. And, uh, you're just like, I guess son. I have a cat now. So I loved cats. Uh, I had Count Von Cat, who was the best, and you know he got out. He was an indoor, outdoor cat, and he didn't come home one day. Oh no! Um, so my ex, you know, uh, after a couple months, got Calcifer, got us a new cat. And, um, well, the last cat, he just needed to go. His people needed him. I think so. Maybe Crazy Cat Lady, you know, has him now. That's what I always hoped. Is your kitty right. a fluffy cat? Not really. No. Like a long hair. He's long hair. Yeah. Oh, so snowshoes that... are a mix between a Siamese and another sort of short hair cat. But they look cool. Their patterns change, yeah, what? over the years. It's yeah. like a like a Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, Schrodinger's cat or or, <laughs> uh, or chameleon kind of style. He can't do it on commander, you know. Or but... ink block cat. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, right. I was gonna say I thought Schrodinger's cat was where the cat's inside the box, and if you don't look in the box, he could be dead or alive. Oh my god, it's like my cat. Right. My cat has AIDS. Oh, okay. And so it's kind of like a Schrodinger's cat. Like one day, who knows? It's alive and dead at the same time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dying slowly every day. <laughs> I was thinking, what's the comic with the, the one guy whose face, uh, you know. Was like, Watchmen. Watchmen. Watchmen, yeah. Um, Rorschach. Rorschach. I have a Rorschach, Rorschach cat. Has, yeah. Oh, my God. How come I haven't named a cat Rorschach yet? Because you're busy naming it Liberace. Yeah. Liberace. So the reason the cat's named Liberace, you didn't ask, Is it because it has AIDS? Anyway. No, no, but that Did was. Did Uh, he was. I believe he was. I how, thought. I thought he was HIV he was gay, positive. But I don't know. He was positive. Yeah. I don't know. I just. Yeah. I, so the reason the cat's name Liberace was because uh, when we moved into the apartment, you know, kind of moving kind of drains the bank account. It's a bit expensive sometimes. Sure. With the moving van and the whole thing and the security deposit. So my girlfriend really, really wanted a cat, but because, cat. but because of that, I was the only one that could afford the cat. So I made her a deal. I said, I will buy the cat. It'll be your cat. You own the cat. You take care of the cat. That didn't work out. But I get to name the cat. And so I just thought of the most ridiculous name that, I could think. why. All right. it, it was between Liberace or Table. Oh, I thought you were going to say Fernando. So you bought a cat that had feline aids? Or yeah. No? yeah. And I recommend anybody cool. that doesn't have a cat that's thinking about getting a cat. Where do you go to? Uh, we went to the uh, Delaware Humane Association to nice. get ours. Yeah. Um, I recommend people to get an, uh, an FIV cat, which is what it's called, first, because if you already have a cat that doesn't have it, you cannot adopt a cat that does have it. Oh, I see. Because they can give it to each other. Yeah. So. Hot. So if you don't have a cat, get an FIV cat because they're harder to to adopt. Got it. If you don't have one. And yeah. it's a normal fucking cat. It's, yeah. It just has a lower immune system. Yeah. Which an indoor cat is already yeah. going to have a lower immune system. Mm. So yeah. it's naturally. Yeah. So it's it's essentially just having like a, a built-in indoor cat. Got it. Yeah. I bought an old cat. I mean, it's not old, but it wasn't a kitten. And I hear that those are less in demand than the kittens. Calcifer was a kitten when he was brought to me. 
Cats are the greatest pet, right? They're fun. Right. They're you easy. Don't, you don't yeah. have to absolutely tend to their every need. They mm-hmm. know what they want and they take it, buddy. But you can't bring them the brew pubs, I guess. Can't bring I them the mean, brew I haven't tried yet, but by God, David. Yeah. Morgan, we're opening a brew pub with yeah. cats. We're making a cat bar. I want to take you to a cat bar. Usually bookstores, right? Bar. You like books. Cats at bookstores, right? That's a you thing. You know what? Yep. So I do have one more question about like getting into vinyl collecting before yeah. we stray too far from the path. Here. Sure. Oh, Lord. So I asked about audio, like what is your current setup? Yep. But I want to ask if you could start collecting vinyls again, hmm. what would be the advice that you would give yourself to help it make it, make it easier? Yeah. So if I uh, just got a system or if I wanted to start, maybe I had some records and uh, I um, wanted to have something to listen to them on. Yeah. Go for the $120 Audio-Technica basic, um, you know. So that's not an all-in-one though. That's what I'm thinking out loud now. So you'd have to get a receiver. So it seems a little trickier. Uh, If you want to have like a nice sound for maybe $200, $250, you know. Maybe you find a couple of speakers at a Goodwill or something that are decent, you know, or you don't know if they're decent, but uh, they're a good price. You try them out. Uh, You get the Audio-Technica turntable, and then you get a, you know, $40 to $50 receiver at um, a local record store or that's used. When you started collecting, was there any kind of tricks of the trade about where to find them that maybe Mm. you would give your advice of? Um, yeah, record stores are great. We have a lot in Delaware. You know, Jupiter Records is great. I go there all the time. Rainbow Records in Newark is great. Wonderland, you know, uh, still has records, you know, after all these years. Uh, there's lots of spots. I would go to the record stores first, you know, over the summer, if you feel like it, check out the flea markets, uh, check out your, your thrift stores. But, you know, remember you have to get there before me and (laughs) the other few flippers that, uh, get there early in the morning. Um, but yeah, you, a lot of people can find them online. You know, uh, there's sites like Discogs now. If you guys have heard of that, you can buy whatever you want on Discogs. You know, sellers from all over the world. Oh man. Yeah, better than eBay. I just remembered you're a DJ. Yes. I just wanted to say that when I masturbate, I consider myself a DJ. Yeah. No, I don't scratch. I mean, I don't scratch either. Oh, I okay. turn. Yeah, you shouldn't, shouldn't scratch, yeah. Keep those nails clean. Um, that being said, I have a DJing gig coming up March 15th. Uh, March Oddity 15th? Bar? Yeah. Uh, they do these things on Fridays called uh, the, the uh, Oddball Art Shows. And uh, it's cool. They have a lot of local artists that uh, come and set up and sell their art. There's a live uh, model that you can draw. And then there's a, a live DJ. So I'll be doing the March... 15th one. March 15th? Yeah, it should be cool. We'll make sure to plug it in the show notes. Nice. Well, as we wind down the podcast a little bit. Turn down. Turn down, turn for, down what? for what? The podcast. I got to hit you with a little bit of a, of a vinyl quiz. Okay. Now, the way the quiz works is it's five questions. If you can get three questions correct, then that means that me and Morgan are bad at making tough quizzes and we have to do an additional shot. You're okay. bad at making quizzes. You helped with this you one. Didn't help. I made one question. That yeah, counts. It counts. However, stop trying to get out of this, Morgan. You're part of the podcast now. <laughs> but if you can't get at least three questions correct, then that means you have to take an additional shot. Sure. Are you ready for the official Maximum Mediocrity Vinyl Quiz? I think I am. Question one. What 
is the maximum amount of time that you can record on one side of a 12-inch vinyl. Ooh. Do I have a range, like, of 17... I have a range here. 17-ish minutes? 17-ish? Yeah. Not quite the range I was looking for. Actually, the maximum is around 22 to 23 minutes. Yeah, okay. There it is. A little bit more. If it's on 33 and a third, yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't specify That's the, fine. the yeah, speed. Yeah, yeah, got it. Question two. What is the best-selling vinyl of all time? Is it Michael Jackson's Thriller? It is Michael Jackson's Thriller. He is on the board. I sell a lot of that fucking record. <laughs> Question three. In 1977, we launched two Voyager spacecrafts into the heavens. There are two golden-plated records on board. Yeah. What are the names of those records? It's one name. Yeah. I don't know the names. Um, I know the story. Um, Can you give us the story? Briefly? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I heard that this happened. <laughs> Good story. I mean, me Tell too. it again. <laughs> um, they are called the either the Voyager Golden Records, okay. or I like this name, The Sounds of Earth. Yes. Okay, so I have a CD uh, set of The Sounds of Earth. I forgot that. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, my favorite fact about like the, the golden records is that it includes saying uh, greetings in 55 different languages. Yeah, that's cool. Is that what is? Hola! On yeah. <laughs> One. <laughs> Question four. When was vinyl records? <laughs> Let me try that again. When was the vinyl record invented? So... Thomas Edison did, like, shellac, so that was earlier than the vinyl record. Mm, specifically the vinyl record. Yeah. Hmm. I want to say the early 40s, um, 44, You're maybe-ish. Close. I know uh, the 45 records, the little guys, the 7 inches, which they called them in the 90s or whatever, uh, it was, like, 1949. Mm-hmm. Actually, I believe they were called the little boys. The little boys were 19... The little people. 40, 49. <laughs> no, um, no, the little boys. The elder kids. <laughs> Can I get it? Uh, hot or cold of 1944? Uh, super cold. You're, you're actually way off. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Very. 30s. What? 1930s. Earlier. Vinyl so, record? Yeah. I so I thought shellac rec- was back then. Okay. Vinyl rec- when was it invented? Yeesh. Yeah, I thought vinyl was in the 1940s. Um, I'll give you a hundred year window. Vinyl, not shellac. So records, you know, were you know, that used to be shellac. Seventy eights were all shellac. It was made from a different um, type of material. When were the shellacs invented? That early, yeah, eighteen uh, something, eighteen ninety until nineteen forties, maybe. Like so, post World War Two, I think, is when vinyl started. I'll give you a half credit for that one. Okay, what do we got? The year eighteen eighty eight. Not I- vinyl though. That's shellac. That's records. Shellac records. It was made from a different material. Yeah. Was, okay. Okay. So shellac and vinyl are two different things. So this was made of rubber, actually. Yeah. And they, they tried so many different things. I've read a story where they were trying to make, you know, a medium for music to be on. And they tried so many different things you know, okay. over the years. So I'll give that so to I you. So I think because vinyl I used... was 1944. Okay. So yeah. I'll give that to you just because I did say vinyl. Yeah. And I may have gotten So records earlier, research. 18 something. Yeah. yeah I guess right. I should say when Thomas was the Edison. first like LP record invented. Okay. Right. And then um, 78s, you know, they could only fit one song on each side. I'll give it to you just for your knowledge of that. That was impressive. Thank you. Um, David not knowing. So what's that? That's, uh, that's two. two so far. Yeah. So this, this last one, it's a tiebreaker. Okay. And if you get this, this would be pretty interesting. 
Question five. What was the first 12-inch vinyl recording ever released? What was played on that? That's a tough one, too. So 12 inches. So again, I think the shellac, it was generally on 10 inches up until 1940. Specifically, I checked this one. It was the 12 inch. Okay, yeah. Would it have been a classical thing? Um, Maybe. Maybe a Beethoven? I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to go with, can I phone someone? What do they call that? Lifeline? No? No. Oh, do you text, want to phone a friend? We've never had a phone can a friend. Can we phone a friend? Yes. You're I don't have a friend. I don't have a friend Absolutely, we unless... can. I like it. All right, let's phone a friend. I wish we had... Okay, I'm going to try to insert, like, yeah, the who wants to something. be a millionaire music into this. You can't... I feel like there are some legal things. Dun, dun, Fuck dun, copyright. Dun. Well, let's make our own. Or make your own, like, sort of... Let's you call have him. to call. Because then he can't That's use Google to figure it out. Can you put him on speaker? Can't use Google. I was hoping he would use Google. That would be cheating. Yeah, how do you think I figured out the question? Google. Google. be my Google guy. No. Get Google. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't use the basis of all human knowledge. <laughs> but he's in California. But it's three hours behind. So he's, oh yeah, it's like he's oh, still, no, it's a Saturday. He's not working. <laughs> I'm gonna say the first 12 inch. What was it? Can we just give him, like, if he guesses the artist? Yeah. Because I feel like that's, like, pretty Nothing, incredible knowledge. Not Beethoven? Do you guess Beethoven? Is that your final answer, Beethoven? First 12-inch, because prior to that, uh, pre-World War, it was a lot of 78s, 10-inch records. Americana or a blues artist, maybe? Could have been a blues artist. I'll give you this. It is classical. It is classical. I'm not going to confirm or deny any of it. Right. Let's say it's Beethoven. I'll go with Beethoven. Beethoven final answer? Sure. Let's take a look. Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. He's got it. Congratulations. Shot, 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 shot. He shot, has passed shot, the shot. official Maximum Mediocrity vinyl quiz. <laughs> nice. And we now have to get drunk, which is probably for the best. Yeah. It's shellac. That just sounds like... Shellac, right? It sounds so good. It makes me Rubber. think that it's clean. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like you picture a bald head. Funny. Clean bald head. You know... All the viewers back home know that I love those bald heads. It's... <laughs> Morgan. David. Cheers to Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. <laughs> oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> For classical music, I like the Bumblebee song. I like that one too. I'm not sure. Th- I know that's not the name of it. Yeah. I don't know what it's actually called. I think it's like the chase of the bumblebee or something like that. But that's the one I like. I like that one. Yeah, I don't know classical. It's a fun thing when you're out digging and you're buying for other people or to resell. Like classicals, not my wheelhouse. I can do classic rock, punk, mm-hmm. you know. I'm just saying. Hip hop. Me and David have this whole thing where we have named every instrument ever known to man. It's our fun game that I like to play. I don't care how David feels about it. I hate it. Named every instrument. Ever known to man. Okay. Is there like maybe an obscure instrument that you think you can add to the list? Ooh. We have it all dedicated to memory and it's been like The saz, right? What is it? The Turkish instrument, the saz. Isn't it kind of like a... You're right. We did not name mandolin-ish that. Mandolin-ish We did not name the Like massage. the double strings like a mandolin, but uh, the, the, the saz. The saz. I think so. I'm probably saying it wrong. <laughs> uh, 
it's a cool instrument. Sounds sounds good. I can picture it in my my ear right now. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We had a great time with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And yeah. can you give you give us those dates one more time of where you're going to be at? Sure. Yeah. So February, uh, the Newark Bike Project, uh, February 17th. Uh, we're setting up and doing a punk rock flea market. There should be tons of vinyl records, all kinds of good stuff related. And then DJ-wise, I am spinning at the Oddity Bar at the Oddball Art Show, March 15th. Should be a good time. And... If people wanted to learn more about you, do you have any social media that are public that you'd want people to check you out on? Sure. So I have the record account. It's uh, Dusty Fingers. If you wanted to put a link in your whatever, because it has a couple underscores in it. Uh, Dusty underscore fingers underscore. Correct. Yep. And that's it. And I just post records that I find, uh, stuff for sale or for trade, uh, events coming up, etc. I love it. Cool. Well, to the people out there, thank you very much for listening. Get yourself some Dusty Fingers. Go find some vinyls that you love and, and display them. I love it. And uh, wear a condom. Wear a condom. Do you have any final message for the people? Amen. Amen. listening to the Geekscape Network.